Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Happy Thursday to you. Gee whiz, Thursday. Second hour of the program time just flies and you're having fun. Football season, talking football, that's fun. We're doing this. We ended the ended the first hour uh, with uh, mid-season awards. Blaine's mad. We were watching some practice videos. Titans are off the practice field. Are you Are you okay Mm-mm. after what you just saw? Mm-mm. I'm not. I got a headache. This is, it was, I have a migraine. If I was coaching, I'd have a migraine right now. This is uh, why he has a migraine. Uh, <laughs> this is, we'll get back to what we finished the first yeah, hour we'll, with. We'll keep going. I just, good Lord. Teron Davenport tweeted this, and he has video. It's in the bubble. Uh, our buddy from ESPN. Something to monitor. Man. Not sure if Julio Jones tweaked anything on this rep, but he wasn't too happy afterwards, and he walked over to a trainer. It was towards the end of the open portion of practice. I didn't see him take any refs, reps after it. And it is him taking a rep, uh, you said, against Molden. It looked like Molden. They were just doing releases, but they were going all out. Yep. And they were going all out. And uh, based off my uh, video expertise from, from practices uh, and watching this play, I think he tweaked something. Not nothing major, uh, but it would be something that could be maybe a game. Just I, I have no idea since it's kind of been lingering all this time. Uh, and he was looking really healthy moving. I was like, oh, wow. Hey. And then, uh, uh, uh. And then all the stressors in my brain just said, uh-oh. I, I'm in stress mode. Well, mm-hmm. worth worth monitoring. We will monitor. There is some news. Breon Borders, though, is back on the practice squad. Oh, that should make you happy. I like yeah, I love Borders. Yeah, I like him in his backup role. Moving to free safety now, if y'all listen. Please do. Uh, yeah, I know y'all at practice. I know y'all not listen. But <laughs> they don't listen to anything I say anyway. <laughs> so why not say it? What do Just I have to say lose? say it all. Yes, yeah, of course. What do I have to lose? Have yeah. a microphone. Say yeah, whatever that, you that, want. That's why we're about to go through these, uh, you know, special teams and disappointment surprises and underrated. So that's right. We ended the first Hour of the show today doing Titans midseason awards. We did offense and defense. Uh, the offensive, and you can join this discussion, 615-737-1045. Leon has tweeted in his choices to us, uh, the Blaine and Mickey account. So we've done offense so far. Lucas said Ben Jones, and then I had written BB, and then I wrote King after it. BB King. <laughs> Blaine Bishop picks the king. We, pick, we, both pick, we both pick king. I just wrote it yeah. out. I, I mean, he's still leading the league in rushing. I mean, I got to get him to halfway. And we'll have it still through 10 weeks this week because yeah. he's the 116 yards ahead still. Well, yeah. Uh, so the king. Uh, defense, Blaine Bishop and Lucas both picked Harold Landry. I picked a safety. I, somebody had to stand up for safeties yeah. in here. <laughs> so I picked Kevin Byer. Well, he's definitely coming on strong, but consistency game in game. I, and Landry's putting up numbers. Man, he's got nine sacks. Halfway through the season. So he's going to watch this. So he's going to finish with 18 or 20? <laughs> I mean, what if it's 17 would get the job done? See, if he goes a little one? while and he only has like 12 or 14, I'm going to say, I'm a little, after the season, you know, this is how guys joke around, man. I'm a little disappointed, man, because you were at nine and halfway. What happened? Tailed <laughs> off. Well, if he gets 17, that's 1 million for each sack next year when he gets the franchise tag. That's the projected amount of 17 million for the linebacker franchise oh. tag. Uh-oh. 17 million. Franchise oh. tag? Anybody? Mm-mm. Don't let him go. You can't Mm-mm. let him go. Maybe by that time, Dupree's no, running I'm on signing to a long-term deal. No, like, like in three days. <laughs> Let's do it now. <laughs> right? okay. And I'm going to give you maybe about a $15 million range. 
Well, he, he had nine, what, a couple of years ago. He's an effort guy. There's been year after year of his career, but they didn't even have anybody else. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's more than an effort guy now. He's producing sacks. Oh, no, producing. But I'm saying he's had to play just about every snap yeah, of his whole yeah, career. Yeah. Remember they kept saying, we're going to give him a break. Ha, ha, ha. Then yeah, he get, they played 99% of the snaps. Yeah. Then the next week, we're, now we're really going to give him a break. Then he played 99% of the snaps. All right, let's, uh, let's keep this rolling. Special teams up next. Oh, so we told you offense and defense. Lucas Panzica, your special teamer of the midpoint. It's got to be Randy Bullock, right? 15 of 17 this year, long of 51. He's missed one extra points attempt, one extra point attempted 26. We th- we thought the Titans were in for it again with the with the kicking, right? This season when Ficken went down and you thought he had it solved in the preseason, bring Badgley in. They cut him after one game. He's doing all right, by the way, in Indy. Uh, but Bullock just came in and stabilized it, and they can rely on him. How many game winners has he kicked at this point? Seattle, Indy, am I missing any? Maybe they won more. Maybe it wasn't at the end, but... Uh... Man, that rascal's just hitting them all. Bullock, uh, special teamer for you, Blaine Bishop. Yeah, he is definitely on the list. I want to go Are with Kern. Dot, dot, dotting again? I'm going dot, 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 but I got an asterisk by mine. Naturally, Kern would be, but he's he got injured, and so he missed a couple games. So that's the only reason why he's not my choice. Bullock has been a savior. I, I think I'm going to add that to what uh, you know Lucas just said, because without him, I, I think we might have lost a couple games. And, and so uh, he's made some critical kicks. So I, I really like him. Also, I, I want to kind of go with, uh, I think one of the guys said, Crickshank. Yeah, you got to go with a player, too. So I'm going like twofold, you know. Quick shank, Bullock. Okay. Heck, we had uh, uh, yesterday we had Imani Hooker on and asked him about uh, the special teamer of the game from the previous game. He's like, gosh, Monty Rice. He had a tackle and had assist. Anyway, so you some of those secret warriors out there doing work on special teams. Mm-hmm. I also had Randy Bullock, which will lead me into this. Randy Bullock got two places on my midseason awards. He was also my biggest surprise, Randall Bullock. Oh, so that's what we'll do next. Biggest surprise. All righty, since we already got the, the bullet, what you got there, Lucas? I didn't expect Christian Fulton to come on the way he has this year as a true number one corner. He was one of the best corners in the league on all you know measurements and grades, PFF, whatever, through those first five, six weeks before he went down. Didn't expect that kind of jump from him. Thought, thought it could happen. I mean, I thought he was a first-round quality talent coming out in 2020, but that kind of jump, I don't know if I saw coming. I'm definitely not dot dotting it because he's missed, but he is definitely right in his analysis. No question about it. He's played better than uh, probably even I expected. Uh, but I, I'm, I, you know, he's he was solid. But let's see if he can duplicate that and come back and stay healthy because this is two years in a row he's yeah. got injured, yeah. missed some games. So I, I, you know, I don't like that when you're young. I just, but uh, my surprise is number one, two of the guys I really like, and it's because they kind of overachievers, just ballers. And that is my man, David Long Jr. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, what a surprise. Probably by most. Uh, not for me, because I saw it early uh, a year or so ago, because I think that's when they had uh, my man. What's the man who does the uh, show with uh, LaJuan? Compton. Yeah, I said I didn't understand why he was in front of Long. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing against God. But remember, he had got picked up late. Right. Long was already there. That's why I said that. Right. So how did you just jump, usurp him? I, it I didn't last long. Right, it didn't. It didn't. Eventually, it got it right. And I have a double whammy. My man, Mr. Third Down, Jeremy McNichols. Yes, he has found a role finally. He's a third down back. He blocks, he runs, he catches, he does it all. I got to go with him as a surprise because he's consistent every week. We can depend on him.
Absolutely. Uh, still one of the top uh, receiving threats on this Titans team. Lucas is tied up briefly on the phone here. Let's go into uh, biggest disappointment. Who's who's mm. the guy that you thought would be would be carrying it a little bit better than he is right now along mm. the line? Man, what comes with high expectations, expectations, and then you don't do those things to meet them. And that is my man. I know he's been out, Rashawn Evans. Mm. As much as I love him and thought he was – I thought he's going to be a constant pro bowler here this year and last year. Been very disappointing. Just okay play. But when you're first round of contract year, supposed to be better than okay. So, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of disappointing uh, for me. So that that's kind of where I'm going. I, and also I have a little asterisk. I, I like to see uh, Mr. Jackrabbit play a little bit better too. But I, I didn't want to go as far as say disappointment. All right, we got about a minute and a half to run through the rest of them. Lucas Panzig, a, a disappointment for you so far. It's the Evans on the other side of the ball. Okay. Darrington Evans. Oh. It comes down to availability, and that can go hand-in-hand with the injuries across the board for this team. But, I mean, you're talking about him with the opportunity he would have had right here, and they probably still would have gone out and gotten somebody, but Ooh, it's Darrington Evans. That's a real good one. Uh, for me, it's Ferkser. I, I thought Ferkser uh, might have a breakout year. He's got an opportunity <laughs> here. There was nobody in front of him on the depth chart. Now the other guys are in front of him on the depth chart. He's got 10 catches. Or, uh, he's got 13 catches, sorry, for 110 yards. Uh, I thought, like, against the Rams the other night when they were trying to get the ball out quick, that would have been a perfect Ferkser game, and just haven't seen it from him yet. All right, got to hurry through these. Most underrated Titan for you, Lucas Panzeca. He's not underrated on this show, but Chris Jackson. Easy for me, dot, 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 Chris Jackson. Action Jackson, that's my guy. You got to take my guy. I'm going to dot, dot him, but I'm going to also go with Ben Jones and Danico Autry. That's all needs to be said. You can combine them into a power couple, Benico. <laughs> all right uh rookie rookie of the year this one may be easy lucas this was your category yeah, this, this is elijah bolton so do you have okay okay elijah bolton. Else out there the truth, he's the only guy that's played in nine games maybe monty rice gives him a run for his money maybe dylan maybe dylan radens becomes some revelation on the old line i got a feeling it's going to be molded all right that's our picks uh you can hit up at blaine and mickey on twitter oh underrated what's it bobby hart <laughs> <laughs> and with that you can hit us up on Twitter. You can answer there. Uh, just having a little fun today, picking our midseason awards. When we come back, Doug Matthews gets all of our awards, and he will join us next on Blaine and Mickey to talk falls and dogs. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Coach Doug Matthews said to join us here in a minute, uh, but he is out fighting the good fight for yeah. somebody somewhere, so we'll yeah. have him along in a minute. And No doubt there was a lot of players up for question for some of these awards at halfway point for the Titans, as we kind of discussed. We even discussed, you know, Quisenberry for biggest surprise. I mean, he's doing really well. I mean, you know, just threw him in there, and now he's just started. Nobody even talks about him, so there's a lot of players like that on the roster, especially on in the trenches that we could probably pick him. Used for some of these categories. So yeah. I was trying to go outside the box with Ben Jones. Sure. Like that. Well, hit us up on Twitter at Blaine and Mickey. Again, Titans midseason awards. Had some fun there. But uh, our guy Vols to the Wall was the guy who mentioned uh, Questenberry. Absolutely been a great surprise for this team. Uh, here's a no surprise. Coach Doug Matthews joins us now. Coach, how in the world are you doing on this uh, rainy fall Thursday? Absolutely wonderful. I was a tad late. I was uh, on the phone with Coach Kevin Steele kind of discussing – Southeastern Conference, Tennessee, Florida, a few other things on there. So 
anyway, of course, he's on every Saturday with me, and we try to get our ducks in a row. But how are you all today? Doing good. And Coach, Blaine makes fun of me because I can tie everything to Arkansas State. <laughs> Kevin Steele yeah. was the defensive coordinator at Arkansas State for like a week one time. <laughs> I, I did not know that. Yeah. I don't, think, I don't think Kevin Steele goes around telling everybody that he was for a weekend working at Arkansas State. So there you go. Who was the head, co- who was the head coach then, Mickey? Malzahn. I'll be darned. Well. And then he got it. then he got a better job, but uh, I talked to him. He's a super nice guy. I was I was sad when he left. I felt like we could have been that good week friends. that he was there. That was he a was glorious sad. week, Coach, <laughs> with him. Yeah, I think he, uh, you know, Kevin coached. Under with uh, six head football coaches that won national championships, only two of them when he was there, but six different head coaches he coached under. You know, if you just don't do anything, just sit in like an old mushroom and just listen, you're going to pick up some stuff from those guys. Oh, yeah, no doubt Absolutely. about it. Man, is, is he been getting a phone call from uh, from the Gators or anything like that? Did y'all talk about that? <laughs> oh, we got a little laugh well, there, we, huh? we, did, we didn't get around to that point. We just got going when I had to hang up and get on the air. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. <laughs> okay, Coach, we believe you. Hey, uh, <laughs> Coach, how concerning was the – and I know they the last few weeks they played a lot of plays. How concerning was the defensive effort at Kentucky by the Vols for you watching that? Well, it was, you know, it was one of those ball games where I, some of the statistics on there, and I'm not a big history buff on statistics, but boy, just a couple of them on there, you know, that just jump out at you. First off, Tennessee played 99 defensive snaps, and they only had 19 defensive players that played in the game. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So just made my back just think about, right they had, uh, I, they had at least six guys that played almost every snap. Uh, that was one, and then the other one was Tennessee scored, scored 47 points in 14 minutes. So that's, you know, we remember the old – Mickey, you're an old historian. You know, the old point-a-minute Michigan teams back in the 19-teens and 1920s? That's three points a minute. <laughs> now think about that. Yeah, the Chiefs average three points per drive and the Rams in the NFL. How about three points a minute, Coach? You don't score three points a minute in NBA basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Even on the Showtime Lakers, man. Oh, man. <laughs> That's right. Wow. Uh, Coach Doug Matthews, our guest. He always got a stat to drop on us. Uh, yeah. Brought to us by fam- uh, the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. If you put down some drinks, put down your keys. Remember, fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office office joining us now on Blaine and Mickey coach Doug Matthews yeah coach man you always make us a lot more smarter than we were before you came on I guess give us your overview and observations of the Kentucky game because I really think the pivotal point was still in those three points right before the half that was pretty impressive by high point crew you know a couple of things on it uh, obviously both both offenses number one there was only one punt in this game <laughs> one punt uh, and that was a 53-yarder with no return by, by Tennessee. So only one punt. Uh, but we really saw both offenses do exactly what they set out to do, what the game plan was. Uh, Kentucky wanted to run the ball, you know, throw the ball also. They they were almost 50-50. I think they had 50 passes and 48 runs, something like that. And a couple of those runs were probably called passes where the quarterback kept it. Tennessee wanted to spread them out, big play them. Both of them worked out exactly the way that they wanted. Got down to the last drive. We know we 
always talk about getting the game into the fourth quarter. Both teams got it in there. And uh, Tennessee defensively, to their credit, after all of the poor third downs and all of the poor, I, I would consider poor pass defense, the last four plays of the game, plays 96, 97, 98, uh, Kentucky was over. They were, you know, first and 10, didn't make it, second and 10, third and 10, and fourth and 10, four incomplete passes. So you got to live give Tennessee a lot of credit. Uh, you have to give Kentucky a lot of credit. It, it was a game that kind of re- reminiscent, really, of, of people who follow this series. There's been a lot of high-scoring ball games, both in Lexington and Knoxville, and this is one of them. But uh, defensively, again, there's a lot not to like. But, boy, the fact, Blaine that, and, and Mickey, that they had – when when you know they really should have been at their their tiredest they found a way to make four key pass uh, incompletions in a row which was a rarity in that ball game sure mm-hmm. well with coach Doug Matthews and coach man when i hear all those numbers and then you talk about how many plays players are playing at some point this is going to catch up to to the defensive players i mean so when I say that, I go, how do you sneak in? Let's say people keep saying they don't have depth. That means that they don't have SEC depth. That means they don't like the players that's on the team that's after the second string. That's what I'm going to say. So how do you sneak in a player that you really think, ah, there's some things missing here for him. He's not quite what we want yet. But you're getting some reps to get that other players just a little bit of rest, whether it's three plays, five plays. Did you ever have a situation like that where you're trying to just give some guys some some rest, especially in the trenches, where you're just trying to get them some reps and just get them off the field? Well, yeah, absolutely, particularly defensively. You know, Blaine, I think you'd agree with me on this. If not, you'll let me know. But, you know, a defensive back can play every play. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, you know if, if they're not injured, they can play every play. Linebackers, you'd like to get a little change. But really where you need the depth more than anywhere is in that defensive line Tennessee in this ball game played eight defensive linemen for the four defensive line positions they played eight defensive backs and they played three linebackers that was it and the linebackers situation they just don't have anybody there because quite frankly two of those guys are just pretty good players they but they 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 you know they play as well as they can play they're just not real good but you'd like to have more depth but I think I think what they've they've done both both sides of the ball is our guys that are playing, we're going to leave them out there. We're going to play them, and you know if we get tired, we're we're, we're just going to get tired. I, I I think they would like to put some players out there, certainly defensively, but they didn't do it in this game. And if they're not going to do it in this game, they're they're not going to do it. You know, one of the th- just think about this. Talking about the plays they played, the last three ball games. Now they had an open date in there, but Ole Miss, Alabama, and Kentucky. Tennessee defensively has played 293 snaps. I just give them so let's just round it up to 100. They're playing 100 snaps a game. Wow, man. Well, going into this Georgia game, Coach, where do you see the matchups? I think offensively they're going to be okay. I think they're going to put up at least 20 points. I mean, you can disagree if you want, but how do you see this game playing out offensively and defensively for Tennessee and how they match up versus Georgia? Well, let's let's. Here's the way I look at it. And when I get asked this, can Tennessee beat uh, Georgia? I would say no, they can't. But mm-hmm. as we know, Georgia can beat Georgia. 
Yes. And if, if they get out there and lay the ball around, you know, make a mistake or two in the, in the kicking game, maybe fumble a punt, throw an interception, you know, or two. If they let Tennessee get in it, again, this is one of those games where from Tennessee standpoint, you just want to get into the fourth quarter with an opportunity to win. One of the, the really neat things about Kentucky was that was the third time this year that Tennessee had an opportunity in the last five minutes of the game to either tie in yep. Pittsburgh's case or win in the Ole Miss case, yep. but they didn't get it done. Mm. They rolled for two. Well, this this week, this past week, they got it done. So that should help, you know, as far as confidence goes on that. But the whole key to this game, listen, Georgia is really, really good. And, I, I you know, I've watched them play a lot this year, broke them down a little bit on on, on, on some game tape. I I don't know that I've seen a better overall defense. The 92 uh, Alabama defense under Gene Stallings that won a national championship was, but this, 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 these guys have no weakness. They're physical up front. They're going to be, they're tough up front. They're, they're, they're front and they're linebackers. Uh, they're, they're extremely hard to run against and they're extremely hard to pass protect. So that's not a very good combination, but having said that, Tennessee, you know, some think that maybe they need to slow it down on offense a little bit, use up a little bit more time. I don't know this, but I'd be willing to bet Coach Heupel speeds it up. Yeah, I, I bet he goes ultra fast because he's going to try to get get his mismatches and also get Georgia maybe not lined up quite right and hit some of those big plays on. Won't won't win or that, you know. And again, I, Georgia can lose it, but. I don't believe there's any way Tennessee can win if offensively they don't hit some big plays and maybe certainly more than one, two or three big plays, get a break or two here and there. Maybe they have an opportunity. But from everything I've seen this year, I know George is clearly the best team in the Southeastern Conference. I think they're the best team in the country overall. Well, I think the scheme of Heupel's can – even the playing field a little bit more on their defense. And the reason why I say that is because everybody's now coach is trying to use the cramping deal to slow this offense down, especially when they're at home, this thing is ratcheted up and they get hyped up the home crowd and everything else. So if they start this plan, then, you know, you have one and then you turn that thing up even further. Uh, And then I think that's what gives them a shot. They try to slow it down. Those guys won't get tired in the trenches. They will be able to sub and they will dominate because they are that dominant. Well, and that's not, that's, listen, that's not Coach Heibel's game. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. uh, would he like to uh, not run as many defensive snaps? Yes. But as we know, a lot of that has to do with the defense getting that on the field, now, off the field. Now, they're still going to run a lot of deep, a lot of snaps, but, yeah. you know, you can't go 15 to 20 or let the, the offense go 15 to 20 pick up a, a, four, a fourth and 24. And, uh, you know, you can't blame too many people other than yourself on that. But, you know, that's that's the style they play. The defense mm-hmm. coaches, the neat defensive players know that that's the style they're going to play. Uh, he's initiated that, and I don't see that changing at all. Right. Yeah, I was talking about the other team's defense. But, yeah, uh, we're on with Coach Doug Matthew. I guess one more. Do you think UT should be ranked now? And then if you were – how much does that uh, give you confidence, uh, your fan base, your players, or does it impact it at all? No, I don't think they they uh, they should be ranked. I mean, they've you know they lost to a good a pit team who's still in it in the, in the ACC. Uh, you know, they got beat pretty good by a Florida team who 
I thought at that time was playing well, but obviously they're not. Uh, you know, Alabama, they, they played them close. Uh, and Ole Miss, uh, you know, they had an opportunity. It's close to Alabama in the fourth quarter. The final score wasn't close. And Ole Miss, so they've, they've lost some games. That's, that's not important this year anyway. Uh, they, they got two and two on the road. You know, they got their last three games at home, two and two on the road, pretty darn good. Uh, you know, they, they, they have a really good opportunity to, to be seven and five in his first year. You know, obviously they have an opportunity to be eight and five, but that would be an upset. But uh, I think I, I don't know. I'll just speak for myself as a Tennessee fan. I don't know that I could ask for any more right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, uh, he's got he's he's clearly got his foundation in place on what he wants to do on offense, what he wants to do on defense. The kicking game was big against Kentucky. You know, Kentucky had zero return yards, and the other part uh, is that Tennessee had two kickoff returns that set up two touchdowns. So. You know, they won the kicking game, got a got a got a touchdown on defense. All those things add up, and uh, uh, you know, like I said, though, I, it's easy to see what's hap- what Happel's wanting to do just as a fan. That's what he is. That's what his team's going to be. Now he's got to go out there and recruit to it. That's the uh, that's the big question mark. Don't know. I'm I'm fully convinced offensively. He knows exactly what he's going to do and is good at it. Same defensively. Same kicking. We're going to find out how good a, a recruiting head coach he is because in this league, uh, in, at Tennessee, if you don't, if you're not a, a a relentless recruiter as a head coach, you're probably going to be in the second second level most of the time you're there because that's what the two two of the three teams that Tennessee has to beat Georgia, Alabama, that's what their head coaches are. They're relentless recruiters. The one at Florida is not, and that's probably why he's going to eventually not be there. We're on with the coach, Doug Matthews. Coach Doug Matthews. Uh, we were talking in in the green room of one of the, the younger guys from the station here, and the guy was kind of running down Stetson Bennett. And, and Blaine and I were like, oh, man, this, this guy's a winner. I mean, this guy's a starter for a championship-caliber Georgia team, and he's keeping a guy that a lot of people think has an NFL future on the bench. Stetson Bennett's not the biggest. He's not the strongest. He doesn't have a lot of stats, Coach, but uh, the dude wins ball games. Well, as you all know, Coach McGinnis and I, with Larry Stone, tape our coach-to-coach in there Thursday mornings. Uh, and one of the questions that was asked, uh, Larry asked on that was, uh, you know, explain why Georgia, you know, is not a flowery team. And I explained it this way, a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Here's why. Their head football coach is not a preening peacock on the sideline offensive play caller. So the media – the camera doesn't follow him like it does some others. You probably know who I'm discussing. What they do is they get after your fanny, and that offense they're running is exactly married to what they do defensively because they are outstanding on defense. Listen, you can't run inside on them. You can't run outside on them. And when you pass protect, you don't have very long to get the ball off. And Stetson Bennett, you know, he kind of proved his worth last year. He doesn't, he doesn't beat him. And he's become a pretty darn good passer. And the way they run the football, you know, they've always had a running back. They all look alike. This white <laughs> kid looks like every, every other one they've had the last decade. You know, they all put the foot in the ground, run over, and then they go play, play pro ball somewhere for about <laughs> 10 years. So, yeah. 
But, uh, you know, I agree with you. I mean, he is, you know, he's not going to be an all-conference guy, but he is exactly what they need. I think that's why Daniels hadn't got back in there because Bennett is playing so very, very well right now. Listen, if, if Georgia doesn't just doesn't turn the ball over and if they run the ball physical, they'll hit a big play every now and then because of their running game. You know, their wide receivers are – most of them are injured. They throw the ball to the tight ends as much as they anyway, but they just do that. Well, that's why that's why they're nine and zero right now. Uh, Morvin Joseph, uh, coach in the transfer portal, just seems like he never really could find a spot, and they couldn't find a spot for him. Uh, I always hate to see somebody leave because I remember him coming, and you know, it was a guy a lot of people were excited about. Good kid. He's a tweener. He's he's not big enough to be a defensive end, uh, and he's not a. Uh, He's athletic, but he's not athletic enough to be a linebacker. Uh, and uh, and and you know he did he did very well on special teams. I think it's it's good for him to be leaving. Listen, if he with with the uh, depth problem and the talent problem at linebacker this year, if he was not able to to crack uh, the, the you know not not even the starter, but being a backup at linebacker this year, he wasn't going to play there. And this listen, this is a. This is one of the reasons why I think the transfer portal is, is good because he can now leave. He wasn't going to play at Tennessee. He can now leave, go somewhere, be eligible immediately, play. Everybody's happy. Tennessee gets a scholarship, and uh, and he gets an opportunity to go somewhere where he can play. Coach, always great talking to you. People can catch you football Saturday, Big Orange Sunday, right here on The Zone. And, of course, with Blaine and Mickey in this time slot every week. We appreciate you, Coach. Thank you. You bet, guys. We'll talk next Thursday. Yes, sir. Right, Tennessee Highway Safety Office putting Coach Doug Matthews on with us. We're back to wrap things up next. Who practiced today? Who didn't for the Tennessee Titans on Thursday? We got all that for you before we let you go. Yeah, who finished? Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Little wings. I like this, Lucas. I like you playing a little Paul McCartney and wings, man. Nice song for a rainy day outside. You know, it doesn't rain much in Los Angeles. <laughs> Probably a pretty good destination. Uh, Lucas, what were you telling us? The, the guy who I dislike most in the national media for his adherence to a wrong principle, that the past was forward and the Music City Miracle. So I do not follow him. Apparently, Adam Schefter has tweeted something, though, about Odell Beckham Jr. Yes, Adam Schefter is drawing the ire of a lot of people this football oh, season. yeah. Not, Not just, just because me. of the Music City Miracle stuff. But, no. uh, yeah, he tweeted three minutes ago, former Browns wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. is finalizing a deal with the Los Angeles Rams. Mm. Ooh, I'm not surprised because they put in a, a claim for uh, my man Reynolds, right? But uh, Detroit beat him to the punch, naturally, because they were had more losses. So. Hey, man, welcome. Welcome to Detroit. At least you get to play on Thanksgiving. And I think I think Odell lives in L.A. now. Oh, I think I think whenever time I see him training, it looks like he's at like UCLA or somewhere. But you never know. Man, that dude. Well, remember Deshaun Jackson was there, wasn't getting targets. Hey, man, y'all cut me loose. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll just get Odell Beckham Jr. Then. That's, come just, on, man. Oh, they still trying to win this thing, and they look perturbed after the Titans went out there and just manhandled. Holy cow! Yeah, they they out physical them. They they, they took they took their pride. They took their heart, man. Yeah, large Jeff. We need something to spice things up in here. 
All right. Well, OBJ, uh, that's uh, OBJ in L.A. Some Titans news that made Blaine, uh, Blaine Bishop happy. This was uh, John Glennon just slipping this in. It was just slipping it in like it like it's just a minor note. Mm. Breon Borders back with the Titans on the practice squad. Yeah. As you say, Ooh. future safety, Breon Borders. Mr. Borders. He protects all borders. He does. In the end zone, for sure. <laughs> they all throw he it ma- on him in yeah, the end zone. Yeah, he's making plays. Yeah, because they're ch- they, they tell you that. Okay, we're going to test him. We test him, this guy. Hey, he's, he, he passes he the passes test the down the test. Yeah, I think, I think he's, he's kind of that in-between guy. But he's a, I, get, I bet you he's a really bright guy that studies the game plan and the opponents really well. And that's how he's had his success so far. Let alone he goes out there. I mean, he makes plays when he gives him an opportunity. I like him in the, in that role at the free safety spot. Let's see, I don't know. They, you know, you can use him anywhere, wherever you need him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they use Chris Jackson all over the place. That guy's versatile yeah. as anything. Corner, inside, outside, safety, potential. Yeah, they, yeah. And, and they're not for, quite as skilled as as that kid. That's for, what. It, but they would. I think they thought otherwise. But I say that Chris Jackson, man. For people who don't know, from the time he got drafted, not after seeing him play for the Titans. Him in college, you said this guy's got something. The way his hips move, he can play corner for this because he'd been a corner and a safety. Mm-hmm. They moved him in safety his last two years, I think. Yeah. And he was at Marshall, right? Yeah, Marshall. And so you're like, no, no, I saw this kid. That this kid, he's and here he is, man. I mean, he's making plays. He's an integral. He's a he's an integral part of the defense. Yeah, only thing I was concerned with it was his uh, deep end speed. So he's kind of been able to pass that test so far. Uh, when you got that pass rush, I mean, I think that helps out a lot. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> he has to stay healthy, too, though. He's you. been a little banged up. He finds a way to fight through it and, and end up playing every game most of the time. But, you know, so, yeah, they got a nice little find there in the late round. Sure did. And and you've pointed this out before. And, and are at his best when he's late round guy. Hey, those are free agents, like yeah. Tier Tart, just dudes that he finds, oh. you know, the free agents, undrafted guys, and late round guys. He, Bobby Hart. <laughs> hey man, you better stop that, man. He did. He was undrafted. He was nowhere. Even uh, well, Quiz was uh, you know, he was on another roster. But yeah, Quest beat beat cancer. Unbelievable story. Mm-hmm. But but a guy who story. yeah, but a guy who wasn't really playing for the Texans gets cut. Looks they bring him here. That guy. We did some midseason awards and we're talking about most underrated Titans. Somebody said you guys are missing this Quest. Yeah, that guy. He plays. It, it, He's consistently out there starting and playing. Yeah, we don't ever say his name, which means you're doing your job. You're doing, you're doing a good job. Yeah. Yes. Shout out to Quest. All right. Before we go, from Ben Arthur, the Tennessee and Titans not on the field in today's open portion of practice. Dane Cruikshank, Greg Maven, Chris Jackson, Torrey Carter, Bud Dupree, David Long Jr., Rashawn Evans, Harold Landry, Tier Tart, Bobby Hart, and Jeffrey Simmons. Long list of guys missing practice. Bobby Hart. What happened to him? I got to put this on Lucas. You know, all these young guys got to look out for each other. What the heck happened to Bobby Hart? Joe Hunkin here said his pride is hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we will, we will hand the baton off to 3HL and Joe Hunk, the zinger maker. Man, I, I just want to know if Joe Hunk ripped Lawan for getting toasted that first game just as much as he's ripping someone who's yes. on his yes. couch. I believe Joe. Joe's an honest and, guy. And then start it. Mm-hmm. Make sure you keep it that way, all right, time for us to get out of here. And you know what, Joe Hunk and everybody needs more of? Peace! Peace. <laughs>